0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome back my friends To the show that never ends We're so glad you could attend Come inside, come inside
1: There behind the glass There's a real blade of grass Be careful In our second of three previews, this week is the Fantasy Football Preview. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Seth Kamen's over there, being up in the New Jersey area, Sean Palmer in Atlanta. Welcome, everybody, to two out of three. Seth, how you doing?
0: I'm hanging in. I'm a little drained today. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but... It's fantasy football time, so that should get me going. You, you kind of sound like Donkey Don. Like I'm,
1: I'm not going to lie here. Like you don't, you don't sound like you had a good night's sleep.
0: Uh, I did not. I upset wife equals upset life. That's how it works, right? <laughs> so. I,
1: I, I can't say I would know at all. No. Um. At all, but. But I do understand. Look, you, you you got an upset girl in your life, and yes,
0: you you basically have an upset wife. No, for once I actually so, did nothing wrong. So it was, there was nothing to do with wait, me. Wait, wait, but, really? Uh, really? Really? Nothing to do with me. This is yeah, the first time you've yeah. done nothing wrong. No, there have been many times I've done nothing wrong. Um, but usually yeah. I don't have an upset wife when that happens. This time, unfortunately, things uh, things change a little bit. So, um, but we go on. So, yeah, she was okay. upset she just, and just ended up being a long night. Yeah, These things happen.
1: Fair enough. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, you can probe Seth about his unhappy life at this point. You can probe me about my social life. Or you can actually talk about sports. And the first thing that we have on our agenda is, is, is what is quarterback the only, you... is the
0: only reason. Wait, wait, wait. Is the only reason we can talk about your social life is because you finally had a good date since moving to Atlanta? No, is you that can, why we can probe
1: my social life anyway? You can probe any week you want, it's just not going to be eventful. <laughs> I mean, you can, probe, you can probe every day if you really want. Just it was eventful last night. I had a good date, I was very happy. And hopefully I don't blow it, because most of the time I blow it. And I'm, I'm that guy. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly content knowing that this is generally my fault. Like Seth said, most of the time it's, it's the guy's fault. This time, if I blow it, I blow it. I, I get it. But, but the one qu- – so I have my first fantasy league draft tonight, actually. It's an auction draft. And I will tell you that Ooh. there is definitely one quarterback – there is one quarterback I will not be taking, and that's Andrew Locke. Wow, way to go out on a I, limb there, dude. Well, you know, it's interesting because I speak from an interesting perspective. And, and Seth, I know you had an elbow injury for a while, and that prohibited from you doing something that you generally love to do, which is play tennis. And okay, you I'm, glad you, I'm glad you went
0: with the playing tennis aspect. <laughs>
1: I wasn't even going there. <laughs> I wasn't even going there, but anyway. Glad, yes, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad we're the same thing. So I know you okay. had a I had a tough time, and look, when you don't get to do something you love, you, you become sullen. You become, in some ways, depressed. It could be a, a, yes. a low amount of depression or a pretty high amount of depression, depending on what that is that you are not permitted to do, based on physical difficulty. And I think in this, more than any other thing that we can talk about on this show, I can speak from experience for this. I can speak, look, I'm not making $28 million a year that Andrew Luck did, but I've had injuries in my life that have prohibited me from doing what I love to do. And this has been in the last 10 years. I have, I've hurt my knees. I'm not able to run anymore. I've hurt my back. I'm not able to play soccer anymore, and I have to watch what I do when I lift. And there are certainly days that I go through the what-if scenario. What if I didn't step off that curb and, and tear my meniscus, which led to a whole lot of knee problems? What if I didn't lift that weight a little bit too much which herniated two discs in my back? And this is not a woe-is-me attitude that I have. I don't expect anybody else to feel sorry for me because, quite frankly, I'm, pre- I'm a pretty lucky guy. But when Andrew Locke retired and when he said, I just can't take the pain. I just don't want to do it anymore. I have to say, I understood. I, I, I was shocked because you think of these guys as warriors and, and, and guys that can fight through everything. But I, I completely understood where he was coming from. I, I actually sympathized where he was coming from. And I said, you know what? He's made $28 million times five years. He's made over $100 million doing what, doing what he loves. And he gets up every day and he's in pain. Yeah, you don't want to be Jim Brown when you're 50 years old. You don't want to be some of these offensive linemen that can't even get to the bathroom without the help of their wives. I get it, Seth. I, I, to say I was shocked would be putting it mildly. But I don't believe there's been a lot of criticism over the Indianapolis Colts fans that booed Andrew Luck. I'll tell you right now, I'm not sure they booed Andrew Luck rather than they booed the circumstances.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they booed Ryan Gregson for failing to draft an offensive line around him in his first four years in Indianapolis. Um, and I, I think you go, it goes further than that. I think it's the most shocking retirement. I would say probably of our lifetime. Um, you want to talk Calvin. Oh, no, Johnson, you want
1: to no, 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 no. Yeah. I was going to talk magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's the most shocking retirement. Well, that, that's different.
0: Lifetime. That's different. That's, that's different. Um, we want to talk Barry Sanders? I could see that, but this one came out of really came out of left field. Unless I think you were, it was just not nothing. You, you were just happy to hear that he was having problems again. It just never occurred to you that a twenty-nine-year-old guy, you know, an MVP candidate, you know, a, a dark horse team for the Super Bowl would retire, but it does make sense considering, you know, he doesn't need the money. And as he said, he spent, you know, I think it was 40 of the last 48 months rehabbing. And, you know, there's, there's not enough money out there to, you know, to help you health-wise. If your health is crap, the money doesn't matter.
1: So if this is what
0: he needs to do, then you know, it, it, look, it's disheartening for Colts fans, obviously. And it's, you know, it's, I think, saddened. I think most of the NFL fandom feel saddened by it. But I don't, I, I don't think there's been much criticism. You know, the, the people who did it, it was an instantaneous reaction in Indianapolis. Again, it was, it was based on circumstance. It wasn't really based on anything more than that, it's more of a shock re- response.
1: Yeah, I – he came off his best year last year, his best year ever last year. Rehab is is one thing. I get it. Look, like I said, perpetual rehab, I'm in it. And long-term loss, I get it. And for him to, to do that, to leave it all behind. And look, Jim Ursay said he's leaving a quarter of a billion a b billion dollars on the table by walking away. And Seth, you said it right. Without your health, you, none of that matters. You can't buy health. And would it shock me if he came back in a couple of years? No. But I don't think he will. I think this is it. Um, there was an interesting comparison I read uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. That equated him with Mark Pryor. And if you remember Mark Pryor, the baseball pitcher. So sure. Andrew Locke, when he came out of Stan- Stanford, both of them, Andrew Locke, when he came out of Stanford, the thing that, that was said about Andrew Locke is he has the best mechanics of any quarterback. He was like the robo quarterback, right? the the robo-quarterback with a good head. Todd Marinovich was the original robo-quarterback. And when Mark Pryor came out of college, right, when Mark Pryor came out of college, he he had the perfect mechanics. And unfortunately, both of these players, no matter how the talent, kept getting injured and really through no fault of their own because if their mechanics were perfect, an arm injury should not happen. And if mechanics are perfect, Andrew Locke should not be having these problems. I mean, a shoulder problem, right? I mean, yes, he got hit a lot, but it's still a shoulder problem. And it's unfortunate because when I looked up Mark Pryor's stats, I realized that Mark Pryor really only played four years and only really had one great year of any of them. I think you equate this type of retirement to Sandy Koufax different era, understood But the Sandy Koufax-type retirement. He's at the top of his game, and he walks away. Jim Brown, top of his game, walks away. Barry Sanders, top of his game, walks away. Calvin Johnson, 1,200 yards, ten touchdowns, nine touchdowns, walks away. But I don't have any problem with it. Look, if, if this was a Jet, maybe I'd be speaking a little differently. I'd hope I wouldn't. But now it's Jacoby Brissett's team. So let's talk about where the Colts are now. I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. Do you, do you see them as a playoff contender? I do.
0: I do. Um, they're they're still a you know their defense is solid. They still have one of the best you know with Anthony and Quentin Nelson. They still have a the running back They were pretty decent. the The division is not very. It's a lot mediocre A lot of mediocrity. You know who knows what we're going to of Jacksonville, Tennessee. You know has been kind of an eight and team with really no upward mobility. It's just, um, who's the team in the division? I'm forgetting off. Oh, Houston. You know Houston. Has the most talent by far in the division, but their one offensive, you know, their line is probably the worst in football, which does not exactly lend, you know, a great deal of confidence to a Deshaun Watson, who's already been knocked out one, for a season. Let's put Lamar Miller out with ACL So I don't think there's. I guess, Super Bowl team then The playoff team I can can see them right until the end Okay well We might as well go
1: into this At this point with our our fantasy preview We'll start it Where's Jacoby Brissett in in your fantasy quarterbacks Let's look at the quarterbacks to start Now if you're in a Two quarterback team Two quarterback league which we are in In one of our leagues Obviously Jacoby Brissett is a viable option Because if you're in a 12-team league and you're taking two quarterbacks for each team, you're already at 24. And there are only 30 30 teams. So he's obviously a viable starting quarterback. And you know that where Chad Kelly is the number two quarterback in that that, uh, depth chart, you know Jacoby Brissett's going to start, as long as he's healthy, every single game. Where is he in your quarterback depth chart as far as your – your tiers. Where are you looking to grab Jacoby Brissett, both in a auction draft and in a snake
0: draft? Probably a QB, a around It's not a new quarterback coming into the situation. You know, he started receiving it in the fourth. With feeling. There is, you know, T.Y. Hilton is the only game break that they really have on offense, and he's very hit or miss as well. I wouldn't be... Well, under certain circumstances, but he's not someone I would. be way. Okay,
1: Seth. I, Seth. I just tried calling back and forth, and you're j- in, on two different numbers. You're very, very not even hearing you. It's like every other word still. So, hmm. need you to move to a different. Uh, now I can hear you. Now I can hear you. Stay there, wherever that is.
0: I haven't moved. Uh, But and you can't QB hear a word you're forward. saying okay I haven't moved so hold on a second okay. is this any better yes much better okay so for the third time um, I'd say probably QB give or take around 20 somewhere at the 20 to 25 range um I would have. I think we'd fold him um, as a kind of a two-three, a you know, two QB draft. Um, you know, medium floor, you know, probably low ceiling, no real game breaker other than Hilton. So, yeah, not something I'd be pining for, but not someone I'd be to having under certain under. Did you hear this time? No. <laughs>
1: no, I'm hearing literally every other word of you.
0: Okay. So, I will. I walk in. You. You can keep talking. You're good at that.
1: <laughs> Thanks, but I'm not, uh, I'm hoping you're hearing me. I mean that. That hear you to where I'm going with that. Okay, I can, so I can hear you. Fine. So. Okay. Great. So. With regards to Jacoby Brissett, I think you're, you're going to pick up, obviously, more running yards than you would with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck wasn't getting you those rushing yards that you may be able to get with Jacoby Brissett, maybe a rushing touchdown here and there, considering that their running backs. Marlon Mack is their number one running back, and he's not a prototypical back, and every-down back. And they're going to be going a little bit by committee over there in Indianapolis. So I think you – You keep Jacoby Brissett at a minimum at, like Seth said, I did hear 20 to 25. I'm I'm with you on that. Maybe maybe even a little lower to me, maybe 22 to 28. Um, I'm not sure that they're real. If I was going to say, are are there worse quarterbacks in Jacoby Brissett? For fantasy, there are. I mean, you have Miami's situation, which I think is the worst situation in football as far as a quarterback is concerned. Am I taking here? Here's my question for you, Seth. Are you taking Nick Foles or are you taking Jacoby Brissett?
0: I'm hoping that neither of them are really, uh, neither of them really inspiring very much. You're in a two quarterback
1: league. You have to take one. Who are you taking?
0: Probably Jacoby Brissett, um, just because I've, I have better, I have a better wide, I have better wideout than Q.Y. Hilton. My running game, you know, I don't have a Fournette. Although Fournette has certainly been a disappointment over the years, um, but I'm not really again for a you know third quarterback. I'd be fine with either one. Okay, so who are you if, if, if
1: you're looking? Outside of the – so I think it's pretty established that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Pat Mahomes, probably the top five quarterbacks for yardage this year or any year. Who are you looking in that second tier? Those those might be the first tier. Are you looking at – because Brady, as a fantasy quarterback, is an overrated quarterback. He Agreed. always has been. He is, he is not a guy that you should go out in your first round and go draft Tom Brady. Maybe not even in your second round. But is he the next step down? Is he the next guy? And if he's not the next guy, who are you looking at for that next guy? And it's not Eli Manning. I know that.
0: Are, are you sure? Yes. And it's not Sam Darnold oh. either. That, that is true. It is most certainly not Sam Darnold. Um, who'd you say? Mahomes, Watson, Rogers?
1: I didn't put Mahomes, Watson in there. And Wat- I didn't put Watson in there. So I put Mahomes, Roethlisberger, Rogers, Brees, and Rivers. And I guess you could put Watson in there. I, I like, I think Watson's... Is Russell Wilson the next spot? Is Kyler Murray the I next like,
0: spot? I, I know it's a boring pick. I kind of like Matt Ryan. The offensive line That's as should be boring better. a pick.
1: That's as boring a pick as you can make. You, you're absolutely it right. Is. It's a boring pick. It is <laughs> a
0: boring pick. But let's look at it. Let's look at, take a step back here. Your offensive line is better. You're bringing back your coordinator with whom you won an MVP with two or two, three years ago in Dirk Cutter. Your defense is not very good, so you're going to be throwing the ball a lot. You still have Ridley and Julio Jones. Devontae Freeman is healthy. I think it looks like a really good – good. I think, I think he's an underrated player for this season going in.
1: Well, I think you're uh, – I, I agree, and I think Ryan is your round eight or nine quarterback. I think you'll be able to get him there, especially in a one-quarterback league. So if we're going to yeah. look at the top, let, let's say there are 12 quarterbacks, right? A 12-quarterback league. Which of the okay. 12, where, where, where's the cutoff? So I think we've established that we, we put a top five in. Brady is six, right? Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson are seven and eight. Ryan is nine. Wh- who else is in your top 12, right? Where Where is that cutoff that if you don't get them there, you're – you you're going by committee or are there oh. even twelve quarterbacks that you can go with beyond the committee and by oh, committee I, I mean you're you're streaming quarterbacks you're not that they will play in the committee, but rather you have two or three quarterbacks that you are
0: ro- rotating in based on the matchup. I think there's a couple i think if Carson Wentz okay. is healthy, I think he's in the okay. League. I think okay. Baker so Mayfield there. That's I think 11. Baker Mayfield
1: is obviously going to be he in there. Um, right. So that's what, Oh, and Stafford yeah. would
0: be twelve, I guess.
1: And Trubinsky be thirteen.
0: Oh God, no! I'm not going Trubinsky. I would go Cam. I go Cam going Newton Kirk? over that. I go Cam. Would Newton you go Kirk before I go, I go Over Trubinsky. Over Trubinsky, yeah.
1: Well, the thing, the thing about Cam Newton has always been the same issue, right? Is Cam Newton going right. to stay healthy? And with his yes. well, with his propensity for running all over the place, and look, that is a, if, if Cam Newton is healthy, Cam Newton for 16 games, Cam will be the number one scoring quarterback in fantasy, yeah, ahead of Pat Mahomes, because his running ability and his scoring of touchdowns on the ground will get him there. It. it it's happened before. He will be the number, in my opinion, if he stays healthy for 16 games, he will or 17 weeks, 16 games, he will be the number one scoring player in fantasy football. The problem is, I don't think he'll ever stay healthy for 16 games, not once.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to look at, and this is Andy, a little bit, but I think Kyler Murray, because. You have no idea what their offensive that offensive line could be a disaster. Fifteen um, or sixteen quarterbacks. Okay, I'm not here. I'm not hearing season? you again. Oh, for the love of losing guys. Um, I think in a one QB leagues are kind of being panned right now because you have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen quarterbacks legitimately start to me, Jameis Winston going into a contract year with Bruce Arians as your, as your coach with a mediocre defense and a stud and stud wideouts. I think very well could be a number one. I have, I have him in one of my leagues. I'll probably buy another. You know, I mean, it's really mean the five to 10 teams that don't have start quarterbacks you want more than anything else. And that's, you know, that's, Miami, but Josh Rosen could become that quarterback. At Tennessee, it's probably the Giants, the Redskins. Um, you know, but most of the teams, you really wouldn't. You know, I, I guess I don't think you'd want Andy Dalton as your number one. But I, I think a lot. Of, I think if fifteen to twenty guys in a one QB league, you could you could start, which is why nobody asked for. Him. I, because there's such a there's such a commodity at this point.
1: Can Can Jameis Winston – oh, sorry. That's not where I was going with that. But I'm hoping that Bottas does not protect Jameis Winston. Like, that's the guy I want. That's the guy I want to target this year in our league. I really do want – and I'll target him tonight as well in, in this auction league because I think I'll get him at a lower rate. Um, the surprise thing about this auction league that I'm playing in tonight – it's two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex, but only one quarterback. So it's pretty much the same as the Nabate Isles League, and, and you're bidding on defenses, which I think is stupid because bidding on defense is just stupid to begin with. But it's one quarterback. So I think you're – but for receivers, you are getting one point per reception, but you're only getting one point per 20 yards, not 10. So it devalues the running back a little bit, uh, devalues the wide receiver a little bit. In that you're getting one per 20, and the running backs and the Christian McCaffrey's are the ones. Could the Washington Redskins be the most useless fantasy league team in the league? I don't see yeah. one player that I can reliably that that I can look at and say. You know, if I got that guy, I'd be confident he would start every single game. I don't know one player have, on that team that I could do that with. I think
0: the, oh, no, apparently, apparently the dog agree, but I think what you're looking at is there's a couple teams in that in that capacity. The Redskins. I think you're probably looking at the Dolphins, unless you really like Kenny Stills, to a degree. Or I Ken and Drake. At, yeah. Again, I, I'd rather probably take chances with this Case and, and see what happens. But I think you're looking at those two. I think the C is right there. Yeah, you know, Derrick Henry had one great, one really big four-game run, but has certainly not been anything special. Over, amazed how high his ADP is, and Corey Davis. And again, that could be because the quarterbacks have just not—you know, Mariota has not stayed healthy and really hasn't developed to a top-tier quarterback. There's nobody really there either. That works. I think those are the three teams I look at as the most useless from a player-by-player standpoint for fantasy.
1: Okay. So if we're looking at our running backs, I was actually very – you're going to see Saquon Barkley as number one in, in I would think, most drafts. I would hesitate I, – I, I don't like Saquon Barkley as a number one player. Uh, maybe it, it's it's me being a little biased towards the Jets or whatnot but after watching Christian McCaffrey do what Christian McCaffrey does i i can't see how Barkley Barkley's going to get the carries but if you're in a PPR league i don't know how you go anywhere other than Christian McCaffrey as your number one player
0: i wouldn't go either one uh okay so so where are I, you coming at i like- I kind of like Kamara at number one. Okay. Yeah, they're they're playing in dome with a mediocre defense. He is going for being a putsoon to be the only, the only running back. He certainly has great hands and catches an enormous amount of balls out of the backfield. You at him and Michael
1: real. Okay, I'm not hearing I'm I'm not hearing anything you're saying.
0: Oh, love of, I don't even know what to tell you. Um.
1: Okay, so I heard New Orleans I heard the only wa- the only running back there, I get that. Mark Ingram is now in Baltimore. And so that brings up another question. How much do you believe in Mark Ingram? in Baltimore as the number one back.
0: Oh, I like it. I think he's severely undervalued at because he's been going around around 20 to 25. And that has seems really low to me. Um which I, I find surprising. Um now, the one thing I held against them is not him per se, but there that is an offense that is Based upon that is more running based than probably any other running any other team in football. They really don't have a number one wideout. The quarterback hasn't been able to has not yet proven that he can throw the ball on a constant basis in the NFL. So you may be playing eight. You know the Giants we talked about the issue being they may be eight in the box against Saquon. You know Baltimore playing against Baltimore may even be more than that because the only threats you really have are Lamar Jackson running and Mark Ingram running. So that's the one fear I have with Ingram. But I think Ingram, I I see no reason with that offense. And that that aside, Ingram to me could could be a low RB1 and certainly a solid RB2.
1: Okay,
0: so two
1: things. First of all, I totally agree with you. Number two, no matter where you're standing right now, stay there. Because I got that, all of it, and I'm good with that. Um, I agree. I think it's out of the box uh, being that everybody's going to be in the box. And when when you're doing a Lamar Jackson, who you said it yourself, has not shown a propensity to throw more than 15 or 16 times a game. Now, I did read reports today that, he is going to throw, they are planning on him throwing thirty times a game. Well, I will tell you that I will tell you, I will believe that when I see it. Because I cannot imagine that offense. I mean, the number one receiver in that offense is Marquise Brown, who is a rookie from and injured. From Oklahoma. And injured, yeah. Injured. I I mean look, Baltimore has never been a factory for wide receivers. Ever. I mean, if you look at their top wide receivers, they've always had to import their wide receivers from Derek Mason to Steve Smith to Mike Wallace. I I can't remember the last one that they actually drafted and played well. So, or, or who played well. So tight ends. Yeah, they got a couple of them, but I still see Lamar Jackson. And let me ask you this, Seth, where do you put Lamar Jackson in your quarterback rankings? Because, Lamar Jackson, much the same as Cam Newton, and now I would throw Jacoby Jacoby Brissett in there, they're all wheels. So they're getting you different types of points. But I believe Lamar Jackson was in the top ten, if not five, quarterbacks for the weeks that he started last year just because he ran the ball so much. But that's not a long-term solution. Um, But you don't
0: care about a long-term solution. You're only playing for this year. Right. But, I mean, pretty much players have seen him. So that to a degree has been figured out. And the reason that Cam was so effective and Cam, you know, similar runner to Lamar Jackson, except Cam is bigger because he's just a monster. As well, Cam's touch is certainly not perfect because he tends to overthrow a lot. He does. He has shown a you know a passing touch that has been able to keep defenses at least somewhat honest. Agreed. You know. You know. He also had receivers. He has Greg Olson, who's been a top five tight end for the last ten years. He had Steve Smith in the beginning of his career. You know, who's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's had. You know, McCaffrey is a great receiver out of the backfield. So you know, what does Jackson have? Yeah, you know, as you said, they've never drafted a receiver that's worked out, and I don't see anything on the horizon this year that's going to change that. So I'm, I I kind of have him in that, you know, somewhere around fifteen or so, fifteen to twenty. But I I, I don't see much more upside. I almost see more down. He's a quarterback that would make me nervous, because I I see so little passing upside on him. Or it's not passing upside, but so little to prove that he will be able to pass and be successful as a fantasy yeah, quarterback this year.
1: Completely understand. So if you so let's keep it in the wide receiver. Uh, sorry, in the the running back family for a second. Again, same question. We have our top four or five guys. We have your Alvin Kamara, your Christian McCaffrey. If I'm missing somebody, please tell me. Your Christian McCaffrey, your Saquon Barkley, your Le'Veon Bell. Well, I'll get to Le'Veon Bell in a second. Those are your four. There a fifth one that I'm really missing. That I'm missing it.
0: Yeah, Bob Gurley. You missing
1: Zeke? You missing Zeke? And and Zeke. Okay, so let's say six. If I'm looking in the third or fourth round here, so I'm bypassing the first ten running backs, right? Everybody's got a running back. We're in the we're in the fourth round. Every, people are people are stocking up on their second running back, but there's a guy that's sliding through. Who's the guy that's sliding through besides Mark Ingram? Who's the guy that you're looking a little bit later in the draft? You still got to pick him up around fifth or sixth round, but he's not going to go in that first three, that first wave of running backs. Who's the guy that you're looking at? Well, in the fifth or sixth round is different than the third round. Um I agree. I I'm saying in the third round you're still in that first wave of running backs. You're in the six to ten range still. By the because then I you're picking your quarterbacks okay. and your wide receivers. Who's going in that fifth round? Sixty players well, I know so, it,
0: who I know Sonny Michelle about. has been going that low and that surprises me a little bit. I know with him and James White there's always gonna be that weird combination. But Michelle really, I thought, proved himself to be a number one back um, during the playoffs last year. I think probably a guy like Austin Exeter from San Diego or whatever, whoever the hell they're from at this point, I guess Los Angeles, makes sense because you don't, Melvin Gordon doesn't look like he's coming back any time in the near future. You know, you're looking at... Uh, Miles Sanders from Philly, who's going to probably supplant uh, supplant Jordan Howard as a starter at some point during the year. I just don't know when. And I think the obvious one is David Montgomery, who's going to probably be the starter in Chicago, again with Howard out. Um, kind of a more of a exciting running back from Iowa State. Um, you know, a guy you you're looking, I think, fifth round, you know, mid fifth round, early sixth round with a lot of upside and potential keepers, potential keeper, um, again, contingent on where you get them or how much you're paying for him if it's auction.
1: Sure. So I'm actually surprised you didn't, you didn't pick upon the one guy that I like. I love Duke Johnson this year. With Lamar Miller now out, and Houston needing a guy that can run the ball, the fact that they invested a fourth-round pick in him, you know he can catch the ball. He's caught the ball every place he's gone. I like him. I, lo- I, I, I want him. Like, in almost every league, I want him. I want him in our league. I actually went – Seth, we actually had him at the end of the last year. I went looking back to see if we could possibly keep him instead of keeping either Bell or keeping Connor or even Lockett, for that matter. But we picked him up at $42 in the free agent market which means he's a $26 <laughs> running back. Well, he's a $26 running back, and we're not going to spend $26, because right. I think we could probably get him at 20 so if not less. So we're not going to – ladies and gentlemen, this is, just, this is just the way our auction draft works and our keeper selection. But I really like Duke Johnson. I really like James Conner again in Pittsburgh, but I think he's probably of the higher caliber. I think he's going in that second or third round.
0: Yes. How, what,
1: is your, what is your prognostication? Give me yards, touchdowns, and catches for Le'Veon Bell this year. So he ran, he, he obviously missed an entire year last year, much to, my, much to our chagrin. But now he plays to the Jets, much to my chagrin. And the reason I say much to my chagrin is if you've been following the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show, you have noticed or you may have heard, I have never had a jet. On any team that I've ever owned, ever, in 25 years of playing fantasy football, and this year it is likely that we will have at least two. Because my man crush, C.J. Mosley, also became a Jet, and well, we have Devin Bush too. Who is it? Devin Bush is the one in Pittsburgh. Whoever's the replacement yeah. for Ryan Shazier, that's the guy we're gonna pick. So. <laughs> and, uh, as long as you've got a it's
0: it's keep things in perspective. It's
1: it's or two. It's the perpetual we're gonna pick the middle linebacker from the Pittsburgh Steeler organization. So Seth, how many yards, how many catches, how many touchdowns for Le'Veon Bell this year? What is what is your estimate? And where do you think he should go in the first round in the
0: snake draft? he should probably go around the end of the first. Um, I, I, I'm a little hesitant with him because I, I don't have a lot of faith in your offensive line. And Gase has never, you know, Gase has never really been big on on running backs, for lack of a better term. Um, now, again, he's never also had a talent quite like Le'Veon Bell. My guess is around 1,200 yards rushing, Probably about 50, you know, not to, he's not going to have the numbers he had in Pittsburgh, I don't think, but 1,200 yards rushing, probably 50 to 60 catches, um, and, you know, maybe 10 to 12 touchdowns. You if he has
1: 10 to 12 touchdowns, he'll be a top three running back. Because there are, I, I don't know how many people had 10 to 12 touchdowns last year. It wasn't very many. If he had, they were if he had quite a few touchdowns. He's a... So, all right. So here's my next question for all these. So my, my opinion is he will have 1100 yards. I think he'll have less running yards. I think he'll have 60 to 70 catches. I think they're just going to use him out of the backfield. They're going to split him out wide. He's going to be getting the ball all the time. And. And I think he'll have five to six hundred yards receiving, but I don't think he'll have the touch. Uh, look, uh, from your words to God, dears said he has ten to twelve touchdowns, but I don't see that happen. But I think he is a top ten running back at the end of the year, but just barely. I just don't think oh, he look, gets four.
0: You're getting eighteen hundred yards and eight touchdowns. That's a pretty good year for a running back. So. It is, but
1: I, n- no question. No
0: question. Okay. What
1: week does Ezekiel Elliott start the year in Dallas, or or is he holding out in the regular season? He's only got a week to go.
0: I think he starts game two or game three. Um, I think this is, you know, kind of com- rem- reminds me of Emmett Smith in 93 when he held out. Except he doesn't have a leverage that I'm And so I would not be surprised if he came back this week, but my gut is he'll be out a week or two. Dallas will lose a the game they shouldn't lose. Jerry will o- o- fold because he really, really went, wants to win a Super Bowl with this team, although I don't really see how. Um, I just don't really think they're that good. Um, and we'll pay, you know, we'll pay what probably we'll give in to Elliott despite being two years. Off of free agency.
1: So if he's losing to a game, at least one, is he still a first-round pick? And
0: if he is a first-round pick, is he still a top-five pick? If he, if I know he's back by game two, yeah, I'd be okay yeah. with it. Um, no. I have no, I have no issue. I would, I would still. Look, one of the things I've learned over the years. Is ten games of great is better than fourteen games of good. So I would still no question. He is a top three to five running back when he's playing. Now would I take it? Now having been burned by Le'Veon Bell last year, I have the number seven pick in my fantasy draft this year. Would I take him there? I don't know because that made me a little gun shy. <laughs> Okay, so let
1: let's play this. You you're at the top. You have the 7th pick in the draft, and I, my assumption is there are no keepers in this league. Is that a correct assumption? No. Oh, okay. So I can't I can't say who are your top 7 players because you don't even know who's Okay, fair enough. We're going to go
0: a different route. I was going to yeah, go it, a different it, route. It, so if nobody I else. have in this in this league that I have tomorrow night. If Elliott is available at seven, I probably have to pick him. Um, because Barkley, the way it goes, Barkley will probably be kept. McCaffrey will probably be kept. McCaffrey may not be able to be kept. You can keep players for one year. Um, and you lose the draft, the, draft, the draft round that they were chosen in. So I'm keeping Matt Ryan, who I took in the 13th round last year. And, and James Connor, who I took in the 16th round last year. Right. So, you know, but there are other people and I can look it up quickly who have been capped, you know, and I, I think they can't, the keepers are due at six o'clock tonight. So I don't quite know exactly what they are, but usually it's, a, it's almost, it's almost like a 50, percent of the top players are capped. It's probably a very, very basic Way to do it. Like Barkley, I'm sure, will be kept. But McCaffrey may very well not be. Um, well, here it is. Here are the keepers. Chris Godwin, 16th round. D.J. Moore, 12th. George Kittle, 14th. Sh- Smith-Schuster, 4th. Chubb, Aaron Jones, 7th. Kelsey, 3rd. on Johnson, 6th. Wow. Nobody, no one was kept. That's amazing. So it sounds like there are it sounds like there are no first round picks kept. David Johnson is kept. Devonte okay. Adams is kept. That's it. Okay, so let me so let's go with those two guys,
1: okay? Because I think they're very interesting players in this year's draft. I've seen Devonte Adams go as high as number 4 overall in the <sighs> draft. I've seen him as low as 8 in the draft, which makes him the number one wide receiver in fantasy football in both of these leagues. Is he the number one fantasy football wide receiver? Because I don't see it. No. No. I don't even think he's I've in been the top con- two. I've been
0: he con- may be number three. I've been confused by this. Wait, how he ends he can't that he ended it, okay, I wherever can't. you
1: just moved to, move back.
0: I haven't moved in thirty minutes, Jesus Christ,
1: oh, um, I don't know what the time, heck it is. Now.
0: It's time to get a new phone um, i i would I would go DeAndre Hopkins over him, I would probably go Mike Thomas over him. I know I would look at Beckham and Julio Jones. I think per Ryan, I may take Julio Jones over him. Uh, he's a top five, but I've never seen him as a top one or two. Never even occurred to me, to be honest, before this year.
1: Yeah, and I've seen him as a number four. So, I mean, look, there are three wide receivers I would easily pick above him. Easily, not even close. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tyreek Hill. Like, I'm not even in the ballpark of Devontae Adams until four. And I will tell you, he is going to be the first person that I throw out my auction tonight. Because I want people to go gaga over this guy. There's so much that can be wrong about picking a Packer that is not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Weather, frailty, respect. Look, Devonte Adams, I believe, played all 16 games last year. But before that, he was injury prone. He didn't, he didn't play a full season. I just don't see it. I love the Texans offense. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best receiver in football. He may not be the best fantasy receiver in football, but he's the best receiver in football. I might pick Odell Beckham above Devontae Adams. Maybe. That's a maybe. Especially in that offense, which has a whole lot of weapons. Well, let me get to those weapons. You have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb is going to start. Kareem Hunt is going to come in on, in week eight.
0: First, where are you picking Chubb? Chubb, I honestly that he scares me. Yeah, that's it's to me that is a that's a. I don't think I touch him. I I I don't know what to make of this offense. I I I don't you know I I don't. Uh, that a a hunt, you know, that someone Kareem hunts Caliber is going to be back for the playoffs, and I'm not going to waste a top two to three pick on somebody who may not be starting for me come week eleven or week twelve. I see it. Um, I will tell you. I
1: am hoping beyond hope that people don't pick Kareem Hunt in our draft. Like, he goes really, really late. Because I he's the guy that I would love with all those extra dollars that we generally save at the beginning of the draft to pick late in the draft. Like, spe- like when we say, okay, we got to go get that guy, I want that to be Kareem Hunt. I want a guy who's going to be what we thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be last year. The shot in the arm at the end of the year that we would have for the playoff run. Unfortunately, we didn't have that. But I think Kareem Hunt could be that. You're absolutely right. I think he could be starting by week 11. And if he started by week 11, man, that's that's amazing. I would would very, very much like
0: that. Everyone is so high on... On what do you call it? On, um, on Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, I loved in college, and I love Nick Chubb as a running back. I just, I don't know what to make of this offense yet. Cleveland as a whole, uh, you know, I know they're everybody's BFF right now, uh, but they still worry me. To be perfectly honest, they they okay. are still a
1: worrisome team for me. Okay, so you and I have had this discussion, and we only got seven minutes left. So we're going to hit upon tight ends, and then we will move on to our final five. So you and I have had this discussion. You believe that Travis Kelsey is so far above everybody else. And then you have Greg Kittle, and who was the third tight end that I was talking about? George Kittle. Not not Kittle. Not. Who's Greg Kittle?
0: Not Greg Kittle. The, uh, the, the year at 84. I think that's a Greg yeah, so,
1: uh, sorry, George Kittle, and I said one other tight end, and I don't remember who it was at this point. <laughs> I've, I've got too much fantasy on my mind. But I said there was another tight end, and then you have Evan Ingram. There were a couple of tight ends. You have Greg Olson. How much are, are you buying Travis Kelsey in the first round?
0: Uh Okay, I am because if you're going to get a hundred catches, say 1100 yards and ten touchdowns, at a at a position that's typically at best a, a wide receiver three, it, get, it is a statistical advantage bigger than getting a Julio Jones and do that same that same those same numbers as a wide receiver one. There are a million wide receivers that get you seven. That, that are going to get you seventy-five catches for nine hundred yards. There's only five or six more. We're going to get you that. If you can get someone who's getting hundred, you know, hundred eleven hundred and ten, or whatever, whatever you want to do the breakdown, whatever you want the breakdown to be. You know, I would take him two or three or four, but if I'm in a twelve-man league and he's on the turn, I would take him.
1: Okay, I'm trying to think who my other tight end was that I'm trying to think of, and I can't come up with it. It's Ertz. Eric Ebron. It's Ertz. No, it's Ertz. Thank you. It's Ertz. Zach Ertz. it's Ertz. So where are Ertz and, and Kittle going? If, if you're putting Kelsey at, say, 12th overall or 13th overall on the turn, where do you see Kittle and Ertz going? Because to me, I'd rather have Kittle and Ertz in the fourth round than take Kelsey in
0: the first round. You're not, first of all, Kittle's not going to the fourth round. Kittle's going around the end of two, the the beginning, you know, the kind of middle three, as far as I can see.
1: All right, so let's say the middle of three.
0: Let's say the middle of three. Ertz is a different different call. Ertz, I don't know what to make out of for a couple reasons. All these receivers are now coming back to Philly. Alashawn Jeffrey is is healthy. Deshaun Jackson injured, but will be back for game one. And also, remember, they drafted a tight end last year. Dallas Godert, who's going to take some of his catches. I don't think Ertz is going to have the same numbers he had this past year. Now, I, I don't think he's going to fall to, to you know, tight end 15. I think he's still a solid number three. But to me, he's a level below Kittle and Kelsey at this point. Not because he's a worse player, but because he's not going to have the opportunities, I think, that they will. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so we have our final five. Seth, go right ahead.
0: Um, I really don't. Oh, I really actually. You, I don't really have anything to say at this point. I, I'm kind of. I got I got nothing to close today. I'm a little, as I said, I'm a little drained.
1: Okay. Hold on. So I am getting what. So, kudos. To Troy Aikman, and I don't say that very much, who I think is one of the more overrated players in all of, in all of sports. But, so Troy Aikman is an employee of Fox. We've all watched him on Fox Sports. We've all watched him on the NFL. And he took to task a Fox employee this week, and that was Doug Gottlieb. Now, Syracuse people don't like Doug Gottlieb for many reasons. One of all, we think he's a twerp. Number two, we think he doesn't know anything. Number three, he thinks he's the mightiest guy morally in all of sports. Yet, Seth, what happened to him at Oklahoma?
0: He was kicked out for stealing computers. Why was he kicked out? Right. He
1: he, he actually stole credit cards. He stole credit cards and bought computers. With the credit cards. So this moral fiber. The moral fiber. And I'm putting this in quotes. Of Doug Gottlieb. You're a twerp. You are an absolute twerp. And his quote. There were two quotes. That really pissed me off. When talking about Andrew Luck this week. One was him. And one was Dan Dakich. So. First, let's get to Andrew Luck with Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb said, and I quote, retiring because rehabbing is, quote, too hard, unquote, is the most millennial thing ever. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because that works. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Don't, don't be that guy, right? Don't be that guy. What are you, kidding? And Troy Aikman said, shut your, shut your hole, basically. And now we have Dan Goddich, who said, I have family working in steel mills, cops, teachers, making far less than Andrew Luck, and this guy is, quote, tired. My backside Guys, Gottlieb, Dakich, you guys are idiots, and you're assholes. I've never cursed on this show, not once, and I just did, and I have no problem with it. You guys are assholes, okay? The guy retired because he's in perpetual pain. From somebody that's almost every day in perpetual pain, it takes a lot out of you every single day. And I don't play with 300-pounders coming at me. You're just assholes. That's all I got to say. Next week, we have our our NFL preview. Stay tuned. Seth and Sean, Sports Radio, next Tuesday, 5 o'clock. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Have a good one.